Hey, I'm Orlando Duque, and I'm a professional cliff diver from Colombia. I've had so many incredible career highs, from winning 13 world titles to holding two Guinness World Records. But after 20 years, I ended my competitive career at the end of the 2019 season. In this podcast, I'm going to take you into the mindset of some of the world's best cliff divers, how they overcome fear, pressure, and how the exhilarating feeling of rushing through the air from 27 meters is so addictive. We're going to hear from experts too, such as psychologists, physiotherapists, coaches from inside and outside the sport. We'll find out how they ensure the athletes are always in optimum condition. And we'll get into other sports and approaches, talking to adventurers, other pro athletes and visionaries, and we'll explore the places that mindset and focus can take us in everyday life. I'm Orlando and welcome to my world of diving. My guest on today's episode of Orlando's World of Diving is somebody who I considered the ultimate action sports athlete, skydiver, base jumper, wingsuit pilot, surfer, sports and high performance psychologist, and recently published book author, Mr. Cedric Dumont. We talked about how extreme sports have influenced ways of working, how getting into a flow and having periods of recovery will aid productivity, how to process our emotions and harness fear in order to progress as human beings. There is so much great stuff on this chat that I had with Cedric. Cedric, thank you for joining us today. It's great to have you here. Great to be here. <laughs> Cedric, we've met a few times uh, over the last few years, you know, every time. We did. Yeah, yeah. every time we met, it's kind of been in different situations. Cedric, the base jumper, Cedric, the windsuit pilot, Cedric, the speaker. Um, you know, I think the last time we met was in, in, in Austria at Area 47. We were having a cliff diving training and, and you were hosting a mental training workshop for us cliff divers there. It was, it was really interesting. But I, I want you to share just like briefly uh, where and how this whole journey uh, started. You know, your whole, uh, you know, all this that I'm talking about of the big Cedric <laughs> athlete, uh, how this all started. That's a very long story. Do we, do we have enough time? <laughs> we have time, man. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start from the very beginning. I've always been someone who is very engaged and passionate. So when I do something is usually with uh, full commitment. Otherwise, I'm not really interested. For, I have a lot of enjoyment of uh, progressing in something. And if I don't progress, I lose interest. <laughs> um, so I started skateboarding and surfing when I was a kid. I'm a very bad surfer, by the way. But <laughs> anyway, I'm very average. But that's not the point. So I, I started skateboarding, surfing, and skiing when I think when I was three. So I, I really got into action sports like very early. But when I was nine, I <laughs> I discovered golf has nothing to do with action sports, although a lot of action sports athletes are playing golf. And it's a very mental game. It's a mind game, which I love. And in, in golf, I, I discovered a, something really challenging that, uh, and I wanted to be like professional. So I, I played golf till my 19th. 
And when I was 18, 19, my goal was to be professional, but I realized, and that's self-awareness, <laughs> I realized that I was not good enough to play on tour. <laughs> so I quit uh, playing com on a competitive level, but I've learned so much from it. And that's where this whole competitive lifestyle uh, came and then I quit golf and and basically I moved to the US to become a pilot that was my goal because I've, I've always been dreaming of flying I never could have seen myself in an office I never could have seen myself in a corporate environment although I work a lot with within corporate environment and so I I, I, I quit golf to make a long story short I I I finished my studies and then I, I moved to the US to become a pilot. And then I started flying. And then one day I I was on a little airfield and people were skydiving. I think I was 22, 21. And um, a friend of mine said, let's go skydiving. I said, really? Do, do we have to do this? I mean, that was not really why? planned, but I think, <laughs> yeah, why? Why should we do this? That looks so, and especially like, 25 years ago it was we, we didn't have any social media we didn't have any youtube so it was a very still is but it was a very closed and 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 strange community but i really liked it because i basically i found the whole um action sports aspect and at the same time it was flying so i did my first parachute jump and for me, it was like, this is it. I'm flying. I'm not flying a machine. So I don't have to do a lot of paperwork and, <laughs> and procedure. And I never like like rules. And, and so for me, it was like wild, freedom, speed, a bit of danger, and a mix of flying and action sport. Everything. That was everything. And, and, and that's how it started. That's a good... A good way to start. Um, Cedric, in, in your book that you published, uh, Dare to Jump, Everything You Want is on the Other Side of Fear. Uh, in it, uh, you mentioned that you were an introvert as a kid. How does that kid that's introvert transforms into this daredevil skydiver base jumper that, that just wants to fly? Well, I think I'm still introvert. <laughs> Although I, d I don't look like, uh, I'm not a very social person. So I, I think my goal was to push myself and to push my limits in anything I do, whether it's, it was space jumping, wingsuit flying, and uh, speaking, for example, was way outside of my comfort zone. Writing a book was way outside of my comfort zone. But I like to take risks. I like to, to see how far I can go with my skills, with my talent, which is not unlimited, but I like to see as a human being, can I do this? Can I go there? Can I explore something that won't be really comfortable, that will be really uncertain, but I, I, it makes me feel alive. The, the whole starting point is to embrace uncertainty and discomfort. And I see a lot of people giving up on their dreams on their goals because they don't want to accept uncertainty and discomfort. They want to be certain of the outcome. They want to be in a comfortable, and all their life, 
I mean, my most important uh, thing is to be able to look back and look back and, and, and tell myself, I did it. I have no regrets. I went all the way. And, and you know what? I like that what you said, because, you know, as a kid, you cannot give up on, on those dreams you have as a kid. That's pure. You know, that's what you really want. You know, you, you should push all the way to make that happen. Uh, Cedric, you mentioned speaking, you know, so then one day you just decide to speak in front of huge crowds, you know, and, and even in front of some of the best football players in the world, bosses from big companies and uh, talk about how happiness and, and, and trust inc will increase and influence their performance from your experience shared to these people in, in really high positions and how can that influence their performance? Um, that's a, I want to go back to you, the first part of the question, <laughs> if you don't mind. But as a kid, we all have dreams. And we are, at one point in our life, we are... Uh, imprisoned in a lot of rules. I call these uh, social, cultural rules like you have to, you have to please, you have to. And basically, you're doing what people expect from you. You're not doing what you basically deep in yourself you really want. And that's, that's for me, the, the, the very first step of achieve, of, of, of chasing your dreams. Is, is breaking these, what I call, bullshit rules <laughs> and, and not really accepting them. I like rules, believe me. We live in a society, we need rules, uh, especially right now what we see, everything. We need rules to respect each other and, and my freedom ends where your freedom starts. So I'm not saying I'm not an archist, you know? Yeah. But I mean, if... You, you can be the pilot of your own life. You can make your own decisions. And if you follow rules all the time, you're, you're going to have a lot of regrets. That's my first answer. Um, how did I? Well, it started a little bit like everything I, I, I did in my life. It started, it was not planned. Uh, when I started golf, it was not planned. I just happened to be on a golf course with my dad. He had a business meeting. And, and that's how it started. When I started skydiving, it was not planned. I just happened to be on a small airfield uh, somewhere in the US and I just did it. And when I started speaking, um, I've always had companies next to my sport because I've, I've always feel like I, I have something to, to share as an entrepreneur. And I've always had, I've, I've always liked the combination of business and, and passion. So for me, it's, it's important, it's, it's fulfillment. And I think less than 15 years ago, a friend of mine, and at the same time, someone at Red Bull asked me, do you wanna share your knowledge on fear and stress? And how do you deal with that? And how do you, um, how do you trust people? And basically, how do you combine passion and and how do you stay motivated how do you deal with failure basically everything we deal with as a as a high performance athlete we have to deal with setbacks we have to deal with injuries we have to deal with failure we have to deal with stress fear i mean you know what i'm talking about i don't have to explain that uh, to you. you you're dealing with the same stuff but and and i said you know i was being polite three months before the event. And I said, yeah, okay, I'm going to do it. And I, like one week before it was like, oh shit, I have to speak in front of people. 
what am I going to tell them? And then I prepared something like was okay, but I mean, nothing compared to what I, I'm doing today. And then I did it. I And my, my rule was just be yourself, be authentic. Don't try to be perfect. Don't try, you know, so you're, you're decreasing the pressure. Otherwise, if you try to be perfect and, and say the perfect things and then you're putting a lot of pressure. So I did one in New York for a, a big company. And then I did one in Austria for Red Bull. And for both, I had a really good feedback and they said, you should do this more <laughs> often. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, why not? But I'm <laughs> let's not try gonna, it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's try it. And then every year it was growing organically to a point that I was speaking uh I think it was 10 years ago on a big event in London and then I got a a, a speaker agent came to me and said I love what you share. I love what your messages and and the way you talk and your credibility and, 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 and everything, you should do, do it as a job. And I looked at him, I said, a job? I mean, is speaking in front of people a job? <laughs> that, that's what I do every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, he said, yes, for sure. I mean, I have speakers, they, they have 100 gigs a year and, and, and so on. And that's how it started. Um, and and I, I love it. I love it. it. For me, it's not about speaking. It's about inspiring people to take action. It's about inspiring people to change. And what I'm, what I'm really passionate about is to see happy people and high-performing people because I'm, I'm really convinced that you can be really happy and I would say fulfilled and at the same time performing and, and being the best version of yourself. You can tell when somebody's speaking from experience. You you listen and, and you go like, oh, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. I think that's important. Sometimes people is just talking out of something they read somewhere and they want, they try to translate that message and it's just not clicking, you know. So I can see how, how that can work for you. Like I, why this agent just walk up to you and wanted to represent you because I would want to represent you if, 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 you know, if you were in front of me with, with such a nice uh, story. Working with uh, people that are exceptionally good at what they do, how can we uh, maybe translate and use what they have, what they know, and use it for our own development? There's so many factors that will define uh, the difference between good and great. And what I always tell people is that um, we have a tendency to mystify high achievers. When you see someone who is taking a lot of risks, like me, for example, when you see an entrepreneur who is dreaming big, let's say Elon Musk, for example, when you see football you know, stars, your first reaction, because you've been diminished as a, I mean, your dreams have been diminished and, and you're not allowed to dream in a way. So your first reaction, and that's what I call a limiting belief, will be, yeah, but they're different. They're, they're different people. They have some skills. They have some thinking pattern. They have maybe resources that I don't have. They have maybe, uh, they, don't, they don't have fear. They don't feel fear. They have a secret. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, no. I mean, from experience and, and from working with like high achievers in the business environment, in, in, in elite sports, in arts, in music, in, I work with, with uh, chefs, you know, like the best in the world. In the end, these are very normal people. Okay, they, they, they dare to dream. They have big dreams, but they use in a very consistent way, fundamental skills, and they have a lot of self-awareness. That's where it starts. They know what they can, they know what they can't. They know their blind spots and they're ready to work on that. And, and they, they use like what I call, and for me, that's very fundamental and makes the difference between good and great. They have, they're very aware of their thinking pattern and, and limiting beliefs. We all have limiting beliefs. I do have limiting beliefs, but then you have to break them. You have to reset them. And then you have to, to start with new beliefs. And, and we all have habits. We have to be very aware of, of habits that are serving us. So positive habits, but we also have, have, have habits that are breaking us. And if you can change these habits and these beliefs and then also being fully accountable for everything you do. That's that's where transformation starts. Cedric, let's get a little bit more into your book, Dare to Jump. Some of the most captivating phrases I found, uh, you know, self-awareness, power skills, uh, state of flow. Uh, who is this book written for? Like, who would you say, you know, like, grab a copy, read it. You know, this is for you. It's a good question, but I think for everyone who wants to reach the next level in anything, who wants to grow as a human being, who wants to impact uh, the world, make the difference, inspire people, and being inspired. So it's for, it's for, it's for everyone. You can be a businessman, you can be a student, you can be a, a, a professional athlete. You know what? I agree. After reading the book, you know, going through a lot of the, 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 the pages of it, uh, I could go like, Oh, hey, that relates a lot to my, my diving career, my, my professional athlete career. But I could also see that it could relate to, you know, to whoever wants to reach the next level, like you said. So, yeah, the, the title is, is very wide, uh, okay? Dare to jump. For me, it's dare to dream, dare to lead, dare to be yourself, dare to be vulnerable, dare to say, I don't know, uh, dare to change, you know, in everything you have to be bold in a way and, and dare to follow your path, dare to, to follow your dreams. So it's very wide. Right. For us is jump, but you replace jump for anything else and, and it works for you. Trust me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cedric, uh, when did the idea of writing a book uh, came from? You know, the book holds a lot of uh, personal experiences uh, paired with, you know, expert knowledge on performance, risk management, leadership. Was there a key moment, you know, like you were speaking before about your speaking engagement, but like about the book, was there a moment where, you know, you say like, I want to share all of this that I have, you know, gathered throughout my career? It's, uh, it's, it's been a dream of mine to write a book for sure. And, and I've, I've, people have been asking me this for, I think, the last 10, 12 years after every but yeah, most of, of my keynotes, my, my workshops, uh, do you have a book? 
so yes, it's been in my head, but it has to be a well-rounded idea. And I, I think I need it. And maybe it's fear of failure. I just told someone uh, this this morning. Yeah, I need more experience. I need a, a different degree. And no, you're just hiding yourself behind excuses. I could have written this book 10 years ago. Yes, maybe. But for me, everything is about timing. And I thought, yeah, this, it's time. It's time to do it. Cedric, in the book, you say, and I quote, the day I stop feeling fear is the day I stop jumping. If you don't feel fear, you become unconscious and very stupid. I totally agree with you on that. <laughs> you know, uh, this is something very familiar to me as a cliff diver, you know. Um, fear is an essential part of my sport. Uh, the potential consequences, for example, of a, of a bad skydive or, or a cliff dive gone wrong are a little bit different, of course, but uh, are we sharing, for example, the same kind of fear or are we talking about two different things? I think we are sharing the same thing. I mean, the same emotion. Uh, like you want to do something, but your mind is telling you don't do it. That's what I have all the time, even after thousands of jumps and, and 25 years of experience. But fear... Um, start your your question it's it, it's an emotion it's an emotion we don't like it has many reasons uh we are i think we are raised in a society of uh zero risk especially right now is, is what everything we we don't like taking risks so when when you feel fear it's like well don't do it because you've been told by your parents by your teachers If you feel fear, don't do it, which is from the prehistory, it's a fight or flight response. If you go a little bit further, fear in, in sports psychology, it, in, for many people, emotions are whether negative or positive. If you feel frustrated, it's, for you, it's a negative emotion. If you, feel in, if you feel in love, it's a positive emotion. We don't like negative emotions. We, 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 we can't deal with it like, but I'm always telling people, especially with fear or anger or frustration or sorrow, it has a function. So for me, fear is not negative or positive. It has a function. It makes me aware that I'm taking risks, that I'm onto something dangerous with high consequences. So better be focused, better be prepared. For me, it's a mental workout. So what I tell people is the more you're going to confront your fears, the more you're taking control over your fears and the more you, you're not being guided or controlled by fear. And I think that's for me the very start of fulfillment and performance. As soon as you're able to confront your fears, you become the architect of your life and you generate the power to become anyone you want and to achieve anything you want. When I was, <laughs> I've been standing a few times on uh, your diving board, during cliff diving, my brain immediately told me, you're not ready for that <laughs> at all. 
two two weeks two weeks training with me and you'll be ready, Cedric. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. It's funny because I did a, a TV show seven years ago. On, it was called The High Jump, and it was a European TV show, and they did it in Belgium. And Hassan was in the coaching, you know. Yes. We started the show, and we had training, and Hassan was my coach. And every time people think for you, it's nothing because right. you do so extreme. So, and I remember going on the 10 meter dive board, 10 meter. I mean, for you, a joke. I was watching, I was like, do I really have to do this? <laughs> and indeed, you need preparation, you need training, you need, otherwise, you become stupid and you can hurt yourself. And I guess at 35 meter, you can die. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It is important to, 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 you know, to understand the fear and to know your yeah. limits. And uh, like I said, to be able to perform even uh, while you're feeling fear. Let's talk about the state of flow. You know, in our sports, we take calculated risks. You know, we, we're, we're talking about this already. Uh, and, and we still jump, you know, we still dive. You know, we're prepared, we're full of confidence uh, just, just the moment before we jump. Um, it, now, when I hit the water, speaking like for, for as a cliff diver, uh, when I hit the water, I, I think to me there's no better feeling uh, than that. You know, the, the moment I'm underwater, the silence you feel there, that rush of adrenaline that you feel underwater, everything is quiet, it, it's a little bit dark. I, is this the kind of flow you, you're talking about? Or, or could you elaborate a little bit on that? Flow, if, if you want, it's, it's for me, it's the, the, the ultimate focus in what you do. And at the same time, it's letting go of everything. It's thinking without thinking. It's a state of hyper awareness. And in our sports, uh, we have no choice. Because we, it's dangerous, we're taking risks, we have to be focused, we're not multitasking. When you're standing on the edge, whether it's in, in your discipline or mine, you have to be completely absorbed, you have to be in control of your emotions. I tell people it's flow or die. But if you want to bring it down to a very simple notion, it's being completely in the present moment. Fear only exists in the past. It's a form of depression and even more in the future. It's, it's what we call anxiety. You know that there are many researchers that shows that 80% of our thoughts are whether in the past or in the future. So do you realize how the brain is underused? If you can bring your thoughts more in the present moment, you can think clearly be way more creative, you're more productive in, in everyday life or in, in a working environment, it's very hard uh, because you have a lot of distractions. It's very hard to stay focused. Um, most of the time you're controlled by your distractions. You're not in control of your distractions. So it's very hard to generate an environment where you can reach a state of flow. It's a cycle, it's like energy. So it's impossible to be 24-7 in a state of flow. You, you have to see this, uh, go back uh, as, as a surfer, you take a wave, you are out of balance, you're back in balance, you are in a state of flow. Then you get out of the wave and then you wait for the next one. That's where you recover. So focus and mental energy and flow, it's, it's all about uh, 
recovering and it's a cycle. I'm, I'm always amazed to see people in an office for 14 hours. I mean, it's, it's not humane. You can be productive for 14 hours. It's time to work result-based and not time-based because you cannot be productive 12 hours or even eight hours a day. So sometimes I can't be productive two hours a day, but but yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, yeah. two is enough, you know. Two is two is enough to yeah. do to do yeah. a lot sometimes. Um, it, you know, I'm curious because in recent years we've learned a lot about maybe self awareness, happiness, quality of life. You hear a lot about it around. Uh, you know, what's your take on this? Because do you think it's fundamental for a, for a career in extreme sports or? to any career, let's say, you know, I, like I said, I'd like to hear from you because y you speak from experience and knowledge, you know, you just didn't just read this somewhere or learn it in a classroom, you, you lived through it. So, so how do you see this? I don't believe in time-based work-life balance because I mean, everyone knows that if you want to be good at something, you will have to invest some time in it. You want to stay average? Fine. You're happy with that? Great. You're fulfilled? Amazing. I don't have any any problem. We all we're all climbing a ladder. It you know the ladder has to be at the right side of the wall. That's the most important thing. How high you want to go? You define this. That's why I always tell people performance ambition. It's a very personal thing. So you don't have to continually wanting to be competitive be better be better because it's that's a dark side of performance that's another topic going back to work-life balance if you have a, a purpose then you blur the line and that's what we see today because a lot of people are working from home and it's very difficult for some that's oh how can i draw a line between my work and and my private life i have a very holistic approach i'm not different when i'm with my family than when I'm working. I am who I am, whether it's in my business life, as a speaker, as a extreme athlete, as a friend, as a father, there is no, like I'm not in boxes. But for me, the most important thing every time was to be fully aligned with who I am as a human being. Cedric, uh, as an experienced extreme athlete and, and uh, high-performance psychologist, uh, what are your goals centered around now? My main goal right now is to, um, well, first of all, progress in what I do. And I still believe after so many years in the sport that I can progress, that I can become better. And it's not about taking more risks. It's about becoming technically a better wingsuit flyer. And then I think as a speaker, as a, as a performance psychologist, I want to, yeah, I want to keep inspiring people. And, and, and in this, I, I think I'm, I'm ambitious because I want to reach as many people as I can. You know, when life gets hard, you know, like, for example, times that we're experiencing right now things get difficult uh what do you tell yourself how do we get through tough times like this and and surface e even stronger you know to to continue yeah well i, th I think we all go through a, an emotional roller coaster since march uh with with little perspective with you know you it's, it's funny because i'm always talking about the present moment 
and now I, I see that I need to plan. And you know why we need to plan as human beings? It's because we don't accept to die. So by planning, we are already subconsciously thinking, I'm gonna live, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there, I'm gonna go there. So it's, it's, it's weird because, and I think me, including myself, I've, I've been through like a lot of different emotions, even in very short period of time, like in one hour, you think this is the end of the world. What, what, what the hell is going on? And the next hour I'm like, hey, everything is fine. Uh, we're gonna go through this and, and we're gonna survive. Don't take, don't take me wrong, there's nothing positive about this crisis, okay? There are many, many, I'm, I'm super energized right now because I see people around me who are reinventing themselves, who are reinventing their business, who are resetting their priorities, who are redefining their motivation, a lot of things. And I've, I've always been very aware of what are my, my, what is my focus? You know, we need focus. If you want to excel, we need to be very focused on, on what, on what matters on our priorities, but even more than before, I'm like, no, I, you want to be very selective with the time and the energy you invest in, in something. But around me, I see a lot of people, uh, like what I'm, I'm impressed, like, wow. So they're they're fi they're fighting they're 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 transforming their business. I think we we live a very interesting interesting time. How is working now, huh? Cedric, where can people buy your book? People can buy my book on <laughs> on any good online bookstore. I think it's on Amazon, like most of worldwide, because it's in English. Uh, so online, almost everywhere, I think. Any bookstore, but I would say, yeah, Amazon. <laughs> Very cool. We 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 live we live in an online world, you know. Right now, it's pretty now it's pretty easy to get things that uh, a while ago it was it was actually really complicated. Dare to jump is the name of the book. Everything you want is on the other side of fear. Uh, thank you very much, Cedric. Uh, I really look forward to seeing you. Uh, again, really soon, you know, and uh, all the best for all your projects. Everything sounds really interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll look forward uh, to your second book as well. Thank you very much, Orlando. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And yeah, I hope to see you for real and not behind a screen. <laughs> Take care, Cedric. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Orlando's World of Diving. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that the next episode is ready for you as soon as it's released. If you've enjoyed it, give us a rating and leave a review with what you thought about the podcast and what you've learned and might try and apply to your sporting, professional, or personal life. I'll see you next time.